What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch. Up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rated for Radio, episode 400. And 37 continue here on Monday, August 15th. I'm your host, Mike Castillo, joining with my co-host, Elisa Daratola. Hello, everybody. And yeah, this is another live episode of Reign of Troy Radio. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, wherever you can find a podcast. We are there. Our email address is Reign of Troy at fansite.com and our phone number is it's 213-373-1USC, second What's Brewing show. As always, we are here uh, live on uh, on the YouTube, Monday night, 5 p.m. Pacific. Big shout out to everyone joining here live. Uh, we got Alex, Poncho Cam, Tim, Bill, uh, Dardar2307. We got people in the chat. Thanks for listening, as always. Um, Alicia, what's up? How's it going? No, I mean it's it's going well. It's it's the middle of August. Fall camp is in full swing. Uh, it's hot out, and I am ready for football season to start. I mean, like we've reached the phase of the off season where the AP poll has dropped, so it's just it's it's creeping up. We're we're weeks away, and we're very close to being able to say week away from football, and that is exciting. Yeah, we're we're halfway through the the F one. Uh, summer break, which I've sort of looked at as when F1 comes back on the last weekend of August, that is the sign that college football is here because once F1 ends, then it becomes game week for SC going into the Rice game. So we're two weeks away, two weeks away from uh, a game week uh, as we would get ready for SC uh, and Rice coming up in a couple weeks. I am excited for some Rice, not going to lie. 
Yeah, in, in more ways than one. Uh, we, we got some new reviews over on Apple Podcasts. As always, you can review us over there. Give us five stars. We'll be your best friend forever. Uh, Alicia, you want to read those? Yeah, we got a new one from Fight On Pastor, which was five stars. And it's titled Awesome USC Football Podcast. Michael and Alicia give you all you want to know about USC football in an entertainment, entertaining and engaging podcast. And that's from Fight On Pastor. So thank you so much, yeah, uh, Pastor. Awesome. Very, very nice to hear. Uh, and then uh, five stars from Pensacola59. That the, the title is just podcast in all caps, enthusiasm, <laughs> and it's just three thumbs up emojis. So, <laughs> hey, any five star review that we get, even if it's just emojis, I mean, it gets the point across three, three thumbs up better than two thumbs up. I'm here for it. Let's take it. Yeah. Five stars, three thumbs up. Uh, all about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am. I uh, definitely am excited for any of those. It, it helps support the show, helps grow the show over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and if you're listening to us right now on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. Hit the notification bell for all new live streams, all new episodes here on YouTube. Uh, and be sure to like the stream, subscribe, all of that kind of fun stuff. Uh, and some podcast news here as we go forward. Um, next week's show is going to be on Tuesday night. Tuesday night at 5 p.m. Pacific. We're pushing back one day because, Lisa, you and I are going out of town this upcoming weekend, a long weekend. We're going to uh, Texas to get us some Texas barbecue. We, we were sad that SC is no longer going to play in the state of Texas because, you know, not like the Big Ten has a bunch of bowl game tie-ins in Texas. SC's going to the Big Ten, not the Big 12. We got to go and, and say goodbye to all of our Texas barbecue places. And there are there are several of them uh, where we're going, and I'm very, very excited to see them. It's going to be a nice little trip before the season starts and things start to get real crazy and we don't get any downtime ever. So, yeah, uh, we will be delayed just one day. It won't, it won't be that long. We will still have an episode up uh, and it'll be sort of a normal episode. And, and that'll kind of like be our last regular episode before we start doing multiple shows a week because we're doing previews and yep all of that so yeah get it while you can and then get more <laughs> in just a little while yeah so looking forward next week we're looking to have a couple of friends of the episode uh, of the podcast on an episode uh, as we preview things going forward it probably won't be a video episode so look for that over on apple podcasts uh and and stitcher and wherever you can find your podcasts uh, next week, probably towards the end of next week. Uh, and then when we two weeks from now, it'll be game week. And you know what that means? It means Monday will be a season predictions episode. Wednesday, the Wednesday night before uh, week one, game one, Rice will be the first ever game preview uh, here live on YouTube as we get forward to the first game preview episode of the Lincoln Riley era here on Rancho Radio. Just think about it. We're going to have live over-unders. This is true. Everyone it's... jumping in the chat to mm -hmm. let us know what they think. Yeah. But I think the best part of, you know, recording live now, live car casts. That's going to be fun. That's yes. going to be chaotic, but that's uh, going to be fun. It is going to be wild. So I think so we're going to do those after games, uh, Saturday nights, uh, right after games. I, I think it's going to sort of, you know, 
we we've we've talked about it off air. This is going to be the first year since I mean the first year for me since 1992 that I won't be going to SC home games. Yeah. Which is that's 30 years. Alicia, that's 30 years. Yeah. First time in 30 years I won't be going to SC home games because we are going to uh stay in the studio uh and watch the games uh from home so that way we as soon as the games are over we can go live and put on a car cast for you guys, which which I think will sort of channel the true nature of what the the car casts are supposed to be. Um, because the, the, the idea of the car cast, if, if you're new to the show, is that it's the conversation that you have in the car driving home from the game with whoever you went to the game with. It's the conversation I would have with my dad growing up. It's the conversation I would have with you after going to, to a game the conversation that you have with 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 your buddies and and your your friends and family outside the coliseum after a game and i think we're really going to be able to channel that when we go live because people will be able to tune in on their phones as they drive home from the game they'll be able to listen to us how how cool is that it's very very cool i'm very excited about it uh like you i am i am it's it's like a it's a bittersweet because i do love going to games but at the same time this element of of opening up the sort of podcasting to immediate reaction uh especially live on on the video is is going to be really really fun and it should be yeah. a fun season to do it in so i'm here for it why is there is there something new is there... i mean there might there might be a little something 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 new i i was uh, a little bit some inside baseball i was um i'm writing the preview on on fan side at my my day job uh i uh, we're doing like college football previews for each team so i've been writing you know baylor and kansas state and air force and blah, blah blah and i'm now doing the usc one and like i had to do like the what happened to usc in 2021 thing and it was just like 2021 that season was less than a year ago, but it feels like it was a decade ago. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's like the whole shebang. So, so much has changed since then. So much has changed since the last time we car casted. Uh, it's, it's exciting times, man. Yeah. Everything is that was up is down. Black is white. Blue is cardinal. I get, what's the opposite of blue? Well, red. I, I mean, well, uh, I mean, on a color, co- color theory, it's orange. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, Alicia, there's a bunch of news to get into. Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. 
That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today. Use the code Reign of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Prize Picks app with the code Reign of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com Mike. Uh, latest poll to come out, the latest preseason poll, it is the Associated Press, the poll for me. This is the poll that I care about more than anything, the AP poll. Uh, maybe not the preseason poll, but the AP poll in general. The Trojans are 14th. Alabama's number one. Uh, Ohio State and Georgia received first place votes. Notre Dame at five. Utah, seven. Oregon, 11. Fresno State received 32 votes. 30 more than UCLA, who only got two. Uh, But SC at number 14. Yeah, and I'm, again, I'm comfortable with where USC is starting this season. It feels feels safe. I don't know. I think it's a reflection of no one quite knows what this team, like they're too good to not be in this spot, but there are also too many question marks to have them higher. Uh, so I think it's, I think it's a good spot to be in plenty of room to move up, uh, but not top 10 expectations already before they're really earned. Uh, I put this on Twitter after the poll came out. Cause people were talking like, you know, a four and eight USC team is a top 15 team. Like how do people feel about that? And what I, what I sort of reflected on was yes, four and eight, and the roster turnover and everything like that is exactly why I've been telling people to pump the brakes on the loftier expectations of the season, the college football playoff stuff, all of that. But at the same time, that four and eight was a weird four and eight. The head coach got fired after week two. Uh, it was an interim head coach who was very inexperienced. There were injuries. It was it was just a weird, weird, weird four and eight season. Like we don't know what that season would have looked like without the coaching change. It was just the way it all went down. I don't even know what that four and eight number tells us. Plus, you hired a legitimate coach. You got a Heisman candidate quarterback. You got the Belitnikov winner. You got the top returning total offense guy in Travis Dye from the Pac-12. Uh, you added a bunch of new pieces and retooled the the roster. So just based on those additions, the top 15 nod makes sense. I mean, USC's gotten top 15 nods without this many, like, top-tier talents at the the top of the roster. Uh, So there are extenuating circumstances. Sure, it's a weird, uh, you know, we keep saying this unprecedented what USC's trying to do this year. But 14, 
not too high, not too low. I feel a little bit like Goldilocks with it. Uh, it's just right. Yeah, I, we talked about it last week with the coaches poll. Uh, 14, 15 sounds about right, given the hype and excitement going into the season. Uh, but this team is an unknown, and they, they shouldn't have necessarily top 10 expectations because there's, there's so much unknown. But yeah, when you do have the Blitnikoff winner, a quarterback like Caleb Williams, uh, a, a situation where Lincoln Riley is now your head coach and all that stuff, I get it. Plus, we talked about it before. Think about all the seasons with Clay Helton. Even with Clay Helton, we said that those teams should have been like nine and three type seasons, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, they, you, despite that, despite, uh, the coaching staff. And, and so I, I think it, I think it makes sense to have sort of those same ex, similar, um, expectations, uh, for, for year one, but more than anything, have a, a ranking that sort of falls in line with that. So yeah, I think if it was me, I'd probably put SC at like, 20 just because so many things are new like i mentioned last week with the coaches poll uh but but it's a good starting point nonetheless the, the problem with moving usc down is you have to look at the teams that are in and around yeah, it's, them it, and it's, it's three dimensional like right? everyone like, outside the top eight is extremely flawed so it's like you know and, and it's always going to be that way yeah shake them all up and and have no idea like the the only the rankings that I'm looking at that I'm like you know I think Baylor's being done dirty by getting put behind Oklahoma in a lot of polls I've seen like I think there's some some interesting dynamics with Oregon that uh, maybe they're being overrated here at number eleven but when it comes down to it everybody is in uh, the muck once you get out of I mean pr- practically if you're not Alabama Ohio State or Georgia who the hell knows so. Yeah. You know, it's 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 all I mean, crap. Even, this even is why preseason polls are ridiculous. Clemson last year. We we feel like we know that, what, what Clemson is, and then last year was sort of a down year for them, and they still won what ten games or whatever. And so, they're number four this season. Yeah, like, so, so you never know. You yeah. never know. Uh, let, let's talk about the Sunday league, the less entertaining kind of football, uh, the NFL, and go through a little roundup here. Drake London injured his knee in a preseason game, but. It's not a long-term injury, which is good news. Uh, Tyler Vaughn's got the game-winning touchdown for the Steelers. That's super cool. Uh, and Drake Jackson is receiving rave reviews so far with the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, a bit of a scary moment there for Drake London. He, his first catch in the preseason game was 24 yards, and then he hurt his knee. And it was like, Ugh. but it, he should be fine to start the season, so... Uh, I'm looking forward to see what he can do in the NFL. I'm I'm very confident in him in the NFL if he stays healthy. It was really cool seeing Tyler. Vaughn. Tyler Vaughn's is competing for a roster spot. Like he's he's scratching and clawing for a roster spot. So him making it when it was a classic Tyler Vaughn's too. It was one of those uh, routes out on the on the sideline where he just makes a move, catches it, and and makes the defender miss and uh, shakes him down and and gets to the gets to the end zone. Just classic Tyler Vaughn's. Great to see. I, I got a Tyler Vaughn's take. Besides the, the the classic Tyler Vaughn's take is it's incredible how he makes the most miraculous catches um, despite maybe struggling to catch the 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 obvious easy ones, right? Like, and it's it's mesmerizing how he could make so many highlight real real catches, right? Um, for me, the, my new take about Tyler Vaughn's is 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 he the best SC receiver? To ever run an out route, like outs and curls, hmm. like I mean, not that I want to actually like rank this thing, but 
he was so good at that route. Like, just yeah. maybe a little out, maybe a little in, uh, a little curl. Like, those 10-yard routes, that's where he was just mega on. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then that's exactly what this, from my memory well, of, the, you, of the highlight. Once you said it, it was a Tyler Vaughn's, because I, I could Yeah, you, could, you you know it exactly. If you haven't seen yeah. the highlight, you, you know just by me telling you that it was it was peak Tyler Vaughn's. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hopeful that he'll be able to, to scratch out a, a career here with the Steelers. Um, yeah. they're giving a, giving him a shot and they need receivers. So well, we'll see what he does. Yeah. Good definitely. start. And then Drake Jackson, of course, another, another guy at USC that just look at going like, did USC waste that talent? And the answer is probably yes. Um, yeah, he's, he's tearing it up with the Ford Niners typical because he's a talented dude. We knew that all along and USC couldn't get the best out of him. And uh, gotta enjoy him in the NFL now. I mean, the 49ers have him and and uh, Talano Hufanga. Hufanga, yeah, yeah. So, the, sort of the banner carriers for USC's defense the last couple of years, uh, in terms of talent, SC maybe didn't take the most advantage of dudes. Dudes that if you took them and put them on a better USC defense would have been exponentially better themselves. Yes, uh, and uh, for sure. Well, now they're getting a chance in 100%. better defenses. Uh, other news to get to before we start talking about fall camp. Uh, there's some more insights on Lincoln Riley's Oklahoma departure. Uh, Alicia, th- take take this one. This this is an interesting development that came out this week. Yeah. So Trojans Wired has a podcast series that they're calling the Riley Files. It's basically just going through Lincoln Riley's sort of career coming through, how the breakup with Oklahoma happened, all that kind of stuff. So they had Oklahoma insider uh, Keegan Renault. Are we saying Renault? Yeah, I would say Renault. Yeah. Uh, Keegan Renault was talking about what motivated Lincoln Riley to leave Oklahoma. And that's the really the big, you know, he's getting called a snake. He's getting called Tebow, all that kind of stuff. Oklahoma fans really don't want to listen to reason when it comes to why Lincoln Riley might have wanted to come to, to USC USC fans just have to point outside to the weather and the beaches and the, you know, Los Angeles, and it pretty much makes a lot of sense. But uh, I thought it was really interesting the way that Renault laid it out, which was basically that um, he was frustrated because Oklahoma wasn't falling over themselves to give him facilities, to give him upgrades that he needed in terms of staff. Uh, basically, the arms race in college football that we always talked about USC being behind on, they were n- not as behind on it as USC, obviously, but they weren't really invest or didn't seem to be willing to invest the way that Lincoln Riley felt like he needed them to in order for him to succeed at Oklahoma. And so I think it's interesting that um, and this is this is uh, the the quote that I highlighted Um the perspective of Lincoln Riley is going unnoticed because, uh, to me, it tells me that Oklahoma failed in giving Lincoln the confidence that they had the resources and all the things we've talked about with Brett Benevels and donors and boosters. So basically what it came down to is USC went to Lincoln Riley and gave him a hell of a pitch, which was, we're going to give you everything you want, literally everything you want. You can come to Los Angeles and you don't have to worry about recruiting because the recruiting base is all is already there and we're going to give you new facilities and we're going to give you as much staff as you want and we're going to we're going to go all in and the fact that USC was willing to go all in the way that they made their pitch clearly struck a a, a tone struck a chord with Lincoln Riley to the point where he was willing to give up what he had uh, already established at Oklahoma and to sort of pull the plug over there 
And they've since turned around and given Brett Venables a lot of the things that, you know, that Lincoln Riley would have been asking for. But it seems like the power struggles, sort of the internal power struggle and the uh the 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 feeling of you know how supported am i was was the thing that i think this this uh this podcast appearance was sort of getting at and so the thing that i'm now very curious about is what does that tell us about lincoln riley coming to usc knowing that he has that kind of support knowing that he has all of the all of the the um resources that he's going to want He's going to do it his way, too, because USC is just going to, you know, give him the keys to the car and let him drive. So we're going to see the real Lincoln Riley at this point. Like, we're going to see him be, you know, I think he grew up quite a bit taking over Oklahoma from Bob Stoops. That's an incredibly hard thing to do to fill those shoes and to keep things going as successfully as he did. Now he's striking out on his own. And I think this is a really huge opportunity for Lincoln Riley to sort of prove himself. And I kind of like the idea that Lincoln Riley isn't coming to USC. He's way more proven than any coach USC has hired in ever. Right. But I think there might also be like a chip on his shoulder in, in the sense of he still needs to prove like he can be his own man and he can build his own program and sort of do all that kind of stuff. So I think it just, it just sort of, I don't know. I found it really interesting. It's, it's a good listen. If you guys want to go check out, the Trojans Wired podcast um, to to get that perspective. I, I think if you're Lincoln Riley, you're always going to find a, a chip on your shoulder, a motivational factor, right? Like that's what these coaches are. Like we, we've talked. That's why about they it. don't retire. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's why they don't retire. It, it's also why coaches tend to to find the um, find the rub in anything, right? Like anything can be a motivational tool. You look at at uh, Dabo Swinney from. Uh, Clemson and anything you say is going to be something that he's going to use as motivation for his team, right? Because that's how the coaches are wired. They they want that chip on their shoulder. They want to find motivation in literally and anything. So I think that he was always going to come to California and want to you know to make his mark and all that stuff. But I, I do think it's find it the the interesting thing of Oklahoma, you know, not wanting to being set in their ways and not wanting to, you know, deviate from what they do until they have to go find a coach and then figure out that, oh, we do need to deviate in our ways to go find our next coach, which is going to be Venables. And SC is sort of in this, was in the same boat. Uh, mind you, in completely different ways because um, Mike Bone had to come in and really put in a foundation for what was going to be the foundation that Clay Elton needed the structure that Clay Helton needed, all the the investments into the support staff, uh, into anything around the team that that needed aid that so that way your your coach just wasn't left out to dry, especially a coach like Clay Helton who wasn't prepared to be a head coach, right? Like not only did did he get hired by Pat Hayden, but like Pat Hayden wasn't prepared to be an AD. No. And so you just add on to these things and SC not only has built up the foundation um, and now goes and, and gets uh, Lincoln Riley to replace him in a way that Clay Helton didn't have, like a, give him a foundation that Clay Helton didn't have originally. Uh, and now Oklahoma is giving uh, Venables the keys to, to the car that they didn't have to give Lincoln Riley. Like this is, this is what college football is. 
it's this this constant game of having to improve yourself uh, in order to get recruits, in order to get coaches. Uh, we're seeing it with with NIL in terms of recruiting. And when it comes to coaches, it, it's this stuff on steroids because that's where everything begins and ends, especially at the, the highest level. And a coach like Lincoln Riley, who I think that we would say is the biggest coach SC has brought in since 1924. Yeah, since Howard Jones. Since they brought in Howard Jones, For right? Sure. Like, uh, you know, looking back, SC, the, the most recent hire with any sort of uh, resume was probably Larry Smith. But Larry Smith wasn't Howard Jones. Larry Smith wasn't Lincoln Riley. You know what I mean? Like, Well, and that's and that's what I loved about the hire, right, is people wanted USC to, to nix Helton earlier, and I would have been in support of that too. But at the same time, like, if they had done it earlier and not set up this platform upon which they could actually go big game hunting and get someone like Lincoln Riley, you probably end up with a Larry Smith type where it's like right. they're good, but they're not, like, the best. So... Um, the whole process I think is, is encouraging. And I think there's also just a, a sense of, um, the, the, the buzzword that Lincoln Riley used when he, t when he came to USC, it was, it was alignment. It just feels like the stars aligned to make this move happen and Oklahoma fans will still be bitter about it, but it just feels like, uh, the, the, the timing worked, the, just the the way it all happened was destined, preordained. Yeah, it, it, all, it, it all worked. It was uh, kinsmith karma. Yeah. Although not, I don't want to say karma. Karma, karma is a yeah. loaded term, but it was yeah. uh, kinsmith. Every everything came kismet. together. Kismet. Yeah. I said kinsmith. Uh, you said kinsmith. Yeah. Kismith. Kismith. Kismit. Yeah. Close well, enough. It doesn't matter. Uh, let's let's talk anyways. about fall camp and not rehash the off season. Yeah, uh, Alicia, everything has been going down in fall camp. We've talked about this before. We're unfortunately unable to to be there. But on, but on top of that, it's even if we were there, we wouldn't be able to see team action because uh, fall camp is uh, is more guarded this year under under Lincoln Riley, just like it sort of was under uh, Clay Helton last year too. Um, but let's run through these uh, these news nuggets. Uh, Jude Wolf has a foot injury. The tight end will miss the start of the season. Uh, you're a big tight end fan. What, what, what's this mean? Uh, it I just it's one less available tight end. Um, my money's on Malcolm Epps being the guy or Lake McCree being the guy. I, I think it would have been really fun if Jude Wolf had come through and established himself as the guy, but. You know, with USC's tight ends, it's just been a lot of like, maybe he's the guy. And then it's just yeah. like the same old story for all of them. So uh, it's a bummer. But USC's tight end situation was always going to be somebody's going to have to step up and take over this role. And right. if it wasn't going to be Jude Wolf, it was going to be someone else. So we'll see which one takes that shot. Yeah, I, I really want to see what this means for McCree. I, I thought McCree was great last season. He, I, the I end. enjoyed watching him, yeah. Uh, I just looked up his stats. Seven catches for 91 yards. I feel like all seven of those catches were good. Yes, every so time. I, I feel like there was a highlight reel for him. Dude, every time. It was time, only seven catches. Every time he caught the ball, it was like, yeah. Not like one of those, uh, you know, just get the ball to the tight end because that's what the play calls for. And it's going to be a two yard gain kind of thing. No, it's uh, it's Lake McCree was, was flashing. Yeah. So, so, so we'll see what happens with the tight ends. There definitely a lot of opportunity for Epps 
and, and for McCree and for Josh Follow, who's back for his 19th season uh, at Troy. Uh, in, in the receiving core, C.J. Williams has been standing out. Uh, he's been reliable after missing spring and could be getting a serious shot here in the wide receiver rotation. Yeah, the wide receiver rotation is going to be fascinating because you obviously have Jordan Addison, you have Gary Bryant Jr. and Kyle Ford, you have the newcomers like Brendan Rice and Mario Williams and uh, Terrell Bynum. And so like guys like C.J. Williams, talented sort of freshmen that come in like they could he could just get buried at the bottom of the depth chart and just not see time and take a red shirt and we'll talk about him, you know, a couple a year or two down the line. But also, like, if there's any if there's any position on the team where a freshman could just shoot up the the pecking order, it's wide receiver. So uh, C.J. Williams seems to have um, obviously missed his his chance to break out in spring. He's apparently impressing people in uh, in fall camp. So we'll see what he can do. I mean, it's a it's a weird rotation. I don't know how it's gonna it's gonna shake out. It's it's fascinating because SC has an obvious number one in Addison, and then after then you you have like five dudes who could be the number two. Yeah, like it could be Gary Bryant Jr., it could be Brendan Rice, it could be Mario Williams, it could be Taj Washington. Don't forget Taj Washington was yeah Taj pretty Washington good last year, right? Yeah. Like, uh, it could be Terrell Bynum. Like there's there's a bunch of dudes there. My only hope for the receiving core is that just at one point I want to see four wide. With Gary Bryant Jr., Brendan Rice, Jordan Addison, uh, and Mario Williams stretched out four wide, number one, number two, number three, and number four <laughs> all together. That would be fun. We'll keep an eye out for that one. It would be great. Yeah. Just just give me that. Uh, and potentially you can have number zero out there, uh, Terrell Bynum as well. Yeah. But the number zero on the other side of the ball might not be out there immediately. That is Corey Foreman. Uh, he is going to be out for a couple of days. Uh, expected back in the next few days was the quote from from Lincoln Riley that was on the twelfth. Um, Alicia, should we be con- start to get concerned about about Corey Foreman? I I can't even like say I'm not concerned about Corey Foreman. It's just like it's just one thing after another. With he dealt with injuries in spring, he's dealing with injuries now. Like a lot of these things are beyond your control. So I'm not blaming him, but at the same time, I have lived enough life to have gone through seasons of Daniel Sturridge being amazing, but also being the most injury-prone player in the world. We Chelsea all, legend Daniel Sturridge. We all know those players who just, I mean, Josh follows one of them. Like, I'll believe that he can contribute when I see it because he's just, his body just has let him down. And you know what? Our bodies let us down and it happens and it sucks. It's bad luck. Talk to Chris Sale uh, from the in, in the baseball realm, like sometimes it just you have the worst luck in the world. But that means that like at a certain point you have to stop relying on somebody who is constantly just not available. I, and I it just it just sucks because I want to see him play. It's just like I'm almost at a point where okay, full speed ahead with Romello Height, and what we get from Corey Foreman is a cherry on top. I, Maybe I, it's too early to say that, but I think it's way too early to say that. I I don't think that it would be bad for your mental health to be like, I am just gonna go all in mentally on on heights and yeah. uh, bird and all these other dudes off the edge, uh, etc. And and just see what happens. Nick Figueroa and just see what happens when um when back in there. 
and, and everything will be a bonus. Same time, I understand that, but this is not the Solomon Tulia Pooh situation. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm we're not, not saying it. I'm, we're not saying we're, not we're there, there yet. I'm not saying I don't that. Think we're remotely close. But at the same time, it's just like if I had just given up on Solomon Tulia Pooh years ago, I would just been a happier person. So. Hey, he's out there. He's he's converted to uh to defensive end. Like he's yeah, he's maybe working. maybe he can you imagine if, if that was the thing? Like it they just like swap um medical history. Like obviously you want everyone to be healthy, but like it would it would be fascinating if like the year that Solomon Julian Poop gets gets everything healthy and gets on the field, like how unlucky would it be that that means that somebody else gets the unfortunate stuff? Balance is a thing, you know. <laughs> but I don't know if that's exactly how injury and energy that's, that's, transfers. That's, but... that's not what Clay Helton was talking about. When no, he said he's he wanted about balance. balance. By the way, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the defense. Uh, a couple of quotes from from Lincoln Riley. We had quote major major depth issues in the spring, and this is a lot of a lot different now. And the talent level is up. Uh, I think those things were going to be a obvious factor this this fall can considering a bunch of guys not only miss spring but there was a you know a mass exodus after the season and then in addition to that you had all the guys in the transfer portal who were incoming that weren't able to make the spring uh they're mostly all here now so yeah it, it makes sense that the defense would be the had the most to gain in fall and it's good that to see that they're actually sort of doing that yeah i mean this is the question, though, right? It's the defense needs to get their depth in order and to get their lineup together and to be ready to go this season if USC wants to avoid the week two loss that I know we are predicting to Stanford. Like, if USC wants to avoid losing to Stanford, because that's just how football in Los Angeles goes. Uh, then then this defense needs to come together and, and get going. And it was unfortunate that the um, that the defense didn't have the opportunity to really do that in spring because of all the injury problems. So at least now they're starting to get to a point where they can they can feel confident in in the lineup that they have and the and the depth that they're building. But they're still piecing together a lot of things, and that this is where my primary anxiety about the season comes from is. You know, the talent level can be up, but also defense is a lot about chemistry and trust Mm -hmm. and being able to trust that the guy next to you is going to have his assignment down and also that you're both on the same page about what each of you are going to be doing, who you're going to be covering, all that kind of stuff. And that takes time to build and time is limited here. So this is going to be the thing to watch as we start the season. Yeah, 100%. I, I've said it before, it's going to be fascinating to me what this defense ends up being. I think the offense being ahead of the defense on paper because the, the roster has much more familiarity um, than the defense does. Uh, plus, you know, the you know so many guys in the offensive line are back, for instance. You, you have a quarterback that's familiar with Lincoln Riley, etc. And then you add in the fact that this defense is in a new system, with a bunch of dudes, uh, new dudes, uh, a bunch of guys who left after last season, a bar that is completely nowhere um, and super low for them to compete against. 
based on how bad last year was. Uh, and it makes this season a big one for, for the defense to come out and win. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of by how much do they cross that bar? I have to imagine they crossed the bar of last year's defense just based on how bad it was. But uh, where? I don't know. I, how, how close to last year is it going to be? How close to optimal is it going to be? I don't know. I think that's the big big question to keep an eye on. Uh, and then a big portion of that is what's going to go down in the secondary. And lots of notes here in the secondary. And Riley is super impressed with Sierra Wright. Compared him his acting to guys playing baseball. Uh, and said he's made improvements since spring. Uh, so it's not taken away from football. So that that's a good thing. Russell Wilson played played baseball, right? Yeah, I mean, it's really just about like dealing with a guy who his only he's not his only interest isn't just football. Like he's got interests outside of football, and you know, if so long as Sierra Wright can get to the field, know his stuff, know his playbook, be putting in work in the weight room, and apparently he's put in some good work in the weight room because he's he's up in weight and and he's sort of building that muscle and stuff like that, then it's all good, right? So uh, it's good to hear. I, I'm very curious if he will be able to contribute this year because that cornerback group is the mirror to me of the wide receiver group in that you've got Makai Blackman, who's the big transfer in, and then and then there's like four guys who could be the number two. I mean, you want it to be Damani Jackson, right? Like, I mean, if it, he was the big five-star recruit, it would be fun if it was Damani Jackson. It would, you know, Jacoby Covington. Uh, that's one of the other things that we have here on the notes is uh, that he has had a good start to spring camp. Lincoln Riley called him uh, to fall camp. Uh, Lincoln Riley shouted him out um, un unprovoked, which is always the thing that I'm looking for when I listen to these interviews. Is you know, if guys are asking questions about if, if reporters are asking questions to a coach, you'll usually hear something good. I pay extra attention when a coach brings up somebody by name without it being prompted. So yeah. I I definitely sat up and listened when when he talked about Jacoby Covington. But, uh, you know, Joshua Jackson's there. Um, the, Sierra Wright is there. Um, it's it, it it's a mix of guys that I'm just not certain who will be the one that that steps up. So that'll be fun to uh, to get to see them sort of compete through this fall and 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 create a pecking order as well. But it's also hard to tell because so much of it is you know up in the air. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. So we'll we'll see how fall camp continues to develop for SC going forward. A couple more weeks of that, and then we'll be ready for game week. Leading into the Rice game, which I thought earlier, uh, crazy to think that that's two weeks away that we'll be heading into game week. Um, before we get to the mailbag, and as always, you can hit us with your mailbag questions here in the chat on, on YouTube. Uh, just type in the word question. Thanks to everyone who's been doing that already. We'll jump into those here towards the end. Uh, put question in all caps at the beginning so that way we can easily find those and, uh, and star them and get back to them. Uh, but at least I want to play a quick game of buy or sell. We're, we're going to do, you know, over on later on this month before the, the season starts, we're going to make our predictions. We're walk through the, the roster, but I want to do some buy or sell with you. Tell me buy or sell USC having a Heisman finalist. What do you got? Uh... 
You're that stumped? I think it's Cell. And it's okay. really because the Heisman, there are like Heisman guys who I think will be on the big teams this year. So I think like Bryce Young is obviously the front runner. Um, I think Michigan could have, uh, sorry, Ohio State could have um, uh, with uh, with their quarterback, whose name I'm forgetting at the moment. Um, but I, I think the good, the really good like playoff teams have enough guys that will grab the attention to be the finalists that it'll block out. I'm thinking Caleb Williams or Jordan Addison, more likely Caleb Williams from being in that picture, unless this team is like 11 and one. And I don't think this team is going to be 11 and one. So that's sort of where I'm at. Like the Heisman so often is you're either putting up ungodly numbers, which maybe Caleb Williams will, but there's a lot of guys out there putting up ungodly numbers at this point. So they'd need to be like, ungodly ungodly to 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 expect that uh unless you're one of the top teams and i don't expect usu to be a top team so i'm gonna sell that one okay i i am going to say i guess i have to agree solely because i think this year is going to still be a transition year even if Caleb williams is back and jordan addison is here yeah, I, I think I I wouldn't be surprised if one of them is one, if not both of them, is in the, like the top ten voting yeah. in, in the voting. But like guest votes, but yeah, not but a like finalist. top four or five, whatever the finalist ends up being. Yeah, I think it's difficult because I, I could see one of them in the top six. Because isn't the finalist? It's it's you have to receive a certain percentage of the vote, so it's not even just that like. You were like the third most voted. Like yeah. you still have to have a certain kind of the vote to even like they'll invite yeah. only two people. So, I mean, not that I don't think they would, but right. Yeah. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be something to to keep an eye on. I think there's I think there's absolutely um, a chance. Uh, let's get to buy or sell. OU's record or USC's record is better than Oklahoma's. This is an easy one for me. Well, what what do you got? I'm gonna buy it. You're buying it? I'm buying it. Okay. I am I have been very turned off to Oklahoma, so like I will admit I might just be being a hater here. But I think Oklahoma got worse at quarterback. I think they got worse at receiver. Okay. Um I think that they don't have like I don't, I just I think that that Brett Venables being a first time head coach he's going to need some time to sort of put his stamp on a team especially I agree. especially cuz it's not like Lincoln Riley taking over for Bob Stoops and sort of like right. continuing what the program is there like well, Venables he, is he is going to be tasked with continuing it but it's a little little different but like it's like a restart almost because it hasn't been there hasn't been like continuity right so I when I say that USC will have a better record than like Oklahoma, I don't think it's because USC will be going 11 and one or anything like that. Like I don't think Oklahoma is going to have a great record this year. I think they're going to take a step back in terms of record. So I think Baylor will be good. I think Oklahoma state will be good. I think, you know, I'm, I'm doubtful of Texas, but Texas could get Oklahoma here too. Like they almost got last year. So I, I am not high on Oklahoma. And so I will take, I will buy USC's record being better. 
I'm selling this strictly because Oklahoma's schedule is cake. They get UTEP, Kent, uh, UTEP, Kent State, at Nebraska. Uh, those are their three out-of-conference games. And the, in conference, they only have one difficult road game, and that is at Iowa State. Cake. Uh, I think uh, uh, Oklahoma will be um, just fine. They'll be nine and three, ten and two, whatever. I think they'll be like one game, if not equal to to what SC does. So maybe that's my take. Uh, okay, buy or sell. Corey Foreman is USC Sackler. Sell, sell. Okay. Again, I just I, I mean I just talked about how uh, you know what what Corey Foreman brings will feel like you feel like a cherry on top. Like if this turns out to be true, I will be absolutely happy, but I'd put my money on like Tulu Tupelo or Ramella Hyde or somebody. All my money is on Nick Figueroa. Yeah. Nick, I think that's a good pick. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where all my money is. Uh, buy or sell 70,000 attendance as an average for USC at the Coliseum. Huh? I, I think we, we still want to do the over under on this to set the exact number, but, I am gonna sell. I'm gonna sell. I think it'll be close, but not exactly. Yeah, I'm thinking like sixty-nine thousand. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. <laughs> be very nice. All right, last one before we get to the mailbag. Uh, SD makes it back twelve title game. Uh, just because of the format change, I think this this is a tougher decision than uh, than I would have thought before because. You can lose to Utah and still not have it totally sink the season. Right. Um, you lose to Utah and Notre Dame. You can pretend and... Utah's in the north. Yeah, essentially. You know what I mean? Um, I I guess my problem is that I don't trust Utah. I don't trust UCLA. I don't I trust certainly, anybody. I don't trust Oregon. I certainly don't, I don't trust, trust anybody. anybody else. So, like, I think Utah's in the Pac-12 title game. Would I put? Would I bet on any other team? To be in the title game over USC, I wouldn't. So maybe yeah. I'll buy this. No, I, I'm in the same boat. I, I think that's the same thing. I think I buy SC just because. Like I could see a nine and three USC team go to the Big Bowl yes, title game. Hundred percent. So yeah. Yeah, uh, but let's get to the mailbag. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, we've got a bunch of questions. Uh, people putting question in their their uh, their comment here on youtube uh if you're if you're if you've just joined us you can do the same thing as well and join us in the uh mailbag portion here uh alicia let's let's go to a question we got from uh josh can we play a game every time michael says clay helton we have to take a shot it's a good way to get the liver warmed up for pregame shots i don't say clay helton that much I really don't. I mean, I, you could you could get Josh's liver warmed up just by answering this question about Clay Hilton. About Clay Hilton? How many <laughs> times Clay I Hilton? say Clay Hilton? Yeah. I don't think I say Clay Hilton that much. Clay Hilton quite a bit, yeah. To be honest, Clay Hilton's not really yeah. in my vocabulary anymore to say Clay, Clay Hilton. So. See, here's I think we're going to have reason to say Clay Hilton for the, ne- for the next season at least. Like, I know people want to, like, put it to bed and all, but... I th- I think we're gonna have to be comparing this team to Clay Hilton era teams and to the differences and all that kind of stuff. So I think we're gonna keep talking about Clay Hilton, to be honest. Yeah, hmm. you could see it. Uh, let's go to a question from Scott. Did Lincoln Riley normally issue a depth chart while at OU? Do we still know if when a depth chart will be released? Uh, yes, Oklahoma does really did release a depth chart at Oklahoma. How real those depth charts are, I think, is the question that I. I'm still waiting to find out. There's a depth chart in the in the game notes for yes. the first week of the season, which says that they released a depth chart before that game. Yes. That doesn't tell us much else. Doesn't tell us how real it was. Yeah. It would be a great question to like reach out to uh, like an OU insider and yeah. that sort of the- thing. The OU insiders that I've that I've like listened to podcasts or radio interviews with have all talked about Lincoln Riley playing information very close to his chest. Yes. So I would not expect a like post fall camp depth chart to get put out. I would expect if we do get a depth chart, it'll be included in the game notes for the Rice game, which will come out on Tuesday Sunday. before Sunday. Yeah, sorry, Sunday, Sunday before. before the uh, Sunday before the game. So that's the earliest I would expect it. Uh, that's that's there, what the way I play. There's been times I think last year, if I if I'm not mistaken, the SE didn't have a game depth chart in there. Yeah, they didn't release the depth chart until like right before the game. So yeah, uh, that could be a thing. I I, I don't know. I, but that was Clay Hilton sort of trying to shake things up by like saying we're not going to release the depth chart until the end of the week of practice. So I don't know. We'll see. Right. Uh, John says, "What's wrong with Corey Foreman?" It's not particularly clear. Uh, I, I've been looking it up. I haven't gotten some obvious answers. Uh, he's injured. It's a body injury. As, he's uh, he's at practice. He's just not suited up. As they would say in hockey, it's usually upper, lower body. And yeah. at some point, it just becomes a body injury. Uh, Alex says, do the OU fans and admin really appreciate Lincoln Riley? I think they did, because if they didn't, they wouldn't be so <laughs> up in arms still. Yeah, they won't. they won't now. Now they can't possibly appreciate what he did for the program. Right. But at the time, like, again, you're if 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 somebody broke up with you and you really didn't like them, like you wouldn't be so heartbroken uh, without. Uh, sorry for my, my mic there. You wouldn't be so heartbroken. And so, like, just. Just. You know, held up on it. 
so clearly they loved him and they feel betrayed. And you know what? It happens. <laughs> I'm sorry, Oklahoma. Yeah, it, it happens sometimes. Jedi TV says, how many games do you think our backup players are going to play this season since we never got to see the backups during the Clay Helton era since every game is so close? Sorry, I said Clay Helton there for you, Josh. I didn't mean to <laughs> read Clay Helton's name. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that's going to be an interesting question, right? Like, I think you, you ideally want to see SC blow Rice away in week one. Uh, you want to see SC pull away from Stanford in week two week three, et cetera, and give these opportunities. But I, 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 I don't know. There's, there's so many moving parts. This, this is an interesting question. It could be one of those, there's so many new faces on SC's team that they need to build chemistry. E- that either means one of two things. Either there will be a reluctance to bring in new faces because you need to build the chemistry or the inverse where they're going to be moving guys in and out regardless of what the score is because they need to build, uh, you know, reps and, and all that stuff and experience for these guys too. Yeah, I, I'm i just looking at the schedule. Like, games I would like to, that I think it's reasonable to say that USC should be ending up with back, backups in the game for some, you know, a, a few drives, a couple drives, hopefully. Uh, Rice, Washington State at home. Home, Cal at home, Colorado at home. Um, I'd say at Arizona, but to be quite honest, Jed Fish kind of scares me. They played a million close games last year. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd love to blow out Fresno State. I think that's possible. They've, you know, Jeff Tedford is a, is, we haven't seen what his program looks like with him I, at the top, but. Here's my take about Fresno State. I don't think Fresno State is blowoutable. That's that's well, okay. On this schedule, <laughs> maybe that's just me giving them too much credit over the last what twenty five years. So who's blowoutable? Stanford is blowoutable if it's not Week Two Stanford. Like yes, that's a good point. Like Stanford, pretend it's November. Pretend yeah, pretend, pretend it's, it's November, not Stanford. the Pac twelve opener, and maybe then Stanford is a like. On paper, Stanford's a blowoutable team. That doesn't mean right. Week Two Stanford will be blowoutable. Oregon State, I think, is blowoutable because mm-hmm. their defense is their weakness, and USC. I, could... I don't think you go into that game expecting to blow out. No, no, but no. blowoutable. ASU, ASU blowoutable because ASU is be. a dumpster fire. Yes, a Washington State tricky team. Blowoutable. Not, not sure, but should be blowoutable certainly at home. Utah, no. Uh, Arizona, yes, again, another team where the defense is the the vulnerability, so if you just put up 60 on them, you can blow them out. Cal? Blowoutable. Blowoutable, yeah. Colorado? Colorado, blowoutable. UCLA and Notre Dame, no. Yeah, I I would agree. So I think there are some games here that uh, if things go right, certainly you'll see maybe a handful where USC has significant backup play. Uh, But... um, Cause the blow out of blow out of a term that should not apply to Taco Bell, by the way. <laughs> but no. that's a, that's a, it's a different story. Um, let's go to uh, next question. Uh, Josh says, How much do you think Oregon will miss Travis Dye this season? I mean, he was their leading offensive player, he was their he led them in total offense, he was their leading yep. receiver and leading running back. So, 
yeah, that's a huge loss. Now they have obviously recruited well. Um, they have some some decent running backs that they can turn to. I don't know that any of them are as reliable as Travis Dye was. So they're gonna they're gonna miss him for sure. I think I, I think there's no question about that. Yeah, they got Sean Dollars. Yeah, uh, he he's he's shown little flashes. I still can't believe Bo Nix is their quarterback. That <laughs> continues to be weird. Yeah, uh, but we'll we'll see how it goes for for the Ducks and Eugene. But yeah, I, I think absolutely they're gonna miss Travis Dye because if there's anything Travis Dye can do, it's get in the end zone from two yards away. Uh, that that's his sort of bread and butter more than anything. Um, let's go to a question from uh, Michael Johnson. Is the investment rumor uh, sooner propaganda to say, actually, we already, we always had donuts. Lincoln Riley was the guy. We always had doubts that we, Lincoln Riley. Why did I say donuts? Because we're both craving donuts because you're ready for Jays. That's what exactly this, this, it is. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> we always had donuts. Amazing. Uh, we always had doubts Lincoln Riley was the guy, and AD can't commit to going into the SEC and not invest in football. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I would hope that they would have donuts, too. I think it was just about the timing. I think that Lincoln Riley wanted them to be more proactive. They weren't. And then once it w- once they got the sort of kick in the butt because things moved quickly, they had to prove that they're willing to invest in football. I think Oklahoma is absolutely willing to invest in football. I don't think it's that it's the speed with which Oklahoma was willing to to make those changes go. And uh yeah. You, you know what it also is? It's it's the same thing that SC had under Mike Garrett. Yes, you won a national championship. The that's the Ryan Abraham story about yeah, the investment, you, right? Like yeah, you won a national championship, but why should I invest if you won a national championship? It, that because you won a national championship. Yeah. Yeah, you keep going to playoffs so why shouldn't we invest anymore because you keep going to the playoffs so why clearly we're doing something right so we should just keep the status quo yeah i think that if you're you it's really easy to like buy into that mindset whereas this changes things for the sooners and they forces them to actually go through with it so uh it, it makes sense uh alex says over under five thousand transfer portal players next season 10 transfers to usc next year <laughs> the over the overall transfer portal players, I'm not even going to take a shot at. I have no idea. Um, I, I think last I saw it was like 3,800 or something. That's what every time, every year there are more. And every year I think eventually the pendulum is going to swing back and people are going to realize that transferring isn't always your best option. Um, transfers to USC next year. I think that there will be less than 10. Part of that also is contingent on how many guys get moved out, but they did a lot of processing uh, off of this past roster. So I don't think they're going to be as aggressive in the transfer portal because they don't need to be. They brought in a bunch of dudes. A lot of them have, you know, multiple years of eligibility left. Like they didn't get against, you know, a couple of them are are one and done guys, but, uh, but, but a lot of them at the key positions have multiple years of eligibility yeah. And USC is recruiting well enough that they don't want to sort of plug the holes uh, for recruits coming through and, and pro- progressing into the lineup. So I think they'll be more picky, I think, about uh, about who they target. But yeah, most yeah. depends on who's available. Yeah, these these things are always hard to, to guess. I would imagine that the total number ends up going down at some point. Um, I think the, the COVID season really is still having its effects. I mean, look at guys who are still playing – 
despite and Andrew I mean, Voorhees and Brett Nealon are still starting Josh Follow, someone who, who benefits from it too. Yeah. yeah, like that was a free season for everybody, and then you add free transfers on top of that. Like that was always going to inflate those numbers, and it was always going to make it sort of easier for SC to rebuild, but also make the prospect of trying to predict what SC's rebuild is like a little more treacherous because there's been it's been so massive of a scale of it. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, next question from Josh. Uh, with it being obvious that USC plans to spread the ball around and uh, through the air, do you think teams dropping eight uh, will allow Travis Dye to feast on yards this season? This is what I'm most excited about because my biggest frustration about USC's run game was always that teams were not loading the box and USC was not punishing them by running. And I think I have more faith in in uh, Lincoln Riley to punish teams when they show him that look. Uh, does that mean that USC is going to be, you know, an ultimate running team? Not necessarily, but... I know that Oklahoma ran the ball effectively when they needed to and took advantage of what opposing defenses were doing. So that is what I'm looking forward to. I think that Travis Dye and Austin Jones and, and you know, maybe Relique Brown, if he gets into that, uh, into that mix, will have a fun time with it. Yeah, o- Oklahoma's going to run the football, uh, 100%. They were a, run, a running team, uh, dare I say run first, Pass spread, like that's what they are. That sounds weird, but that's that's what it is. We've talked about it for years. That if SC was going to run a spread, they should run it, or like everyone's running a spread. Not don't want to overuse the word spread there, but like if they were going to do something that had air raid sort of concepts in the passing game, do it akin to what uh, OU is doing because they were able to run the ball so effectively. They were the number one rushing team. And the SP plus numbers for like two, three years, right? Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley took over in 2017 or 2016. Uh, he was he was the well he was the OC. He was the OC in 2015. I believe he was the head coach the first time in 17. Yeah, in 2015, Oklahoma averaged 222 yards per game. 2016, 236 yards per game. 2017, 217 yards per game, leading the Big 12. 247. In 18, leading the Big 12. Uh, 240 in 19, leading the Big 12. They did take a step back in, in 2020 and 2021 in terms of rushing offense, but uh, but Riley wants to run. He chooses to run. The, those, were the, those were the two years in which they didn't have a uh, a quarterback that ran the system at a high, at a high, at level. high level. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the Radler years. The Radler, Radler and then and this past year with Caleb Williams and Radler. Yeah, because yeah, Williams only played for half the season. Yeah, Because mm-hmm. um, you looked at it before that, and when they had Baker Mayfield, and then uh, they had um, uh, Kyler Murray, and then they had um, Alabama transfer that beat SC. And Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, yeah. Uh, Jalen Hurts, like, those are the years that Oklahoma's running at – Optimum speed under Lincoln Riley. And yeah, 2019 averaged 240 yards per game on the on the ground. 240 on the ground. Uh 2018 averaged 247 yards on the ground. The, that's like what SC was doing at the heyday of the Pete Carroll era, but better. Yeah. 
more, even more efficient, which is crazy. Uh, and, and while throwing the ball at, the, at that high rate too. So yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, final two questions here before we wrap this thing up. Uh, Scott says we might need an F1 podcast. Have you guys been to Monaco? Went for the first time this year. Fine on Scott from Lake Arrowhead. No, we have not been to Monaco. Absolutely on the list. We absolutely have considered doing an F1 podcast. The reason that we haven't, we don't know how we'd do it in the fall. Between F1 and this, like, it is brutal. Too many things happen at once. That's uh, my biggest, like, sadness in life is that going to the F1 events that I would like to go to doesn't seem like a very realistic (laughs) option for us at this moment. But yes, I would love to go to Monaco. I'd love to go to any F1 race hey, at this point. Vegas next year. I mean, I would love to go to Vegas. We've talked about it, but it's also logistically going to be... If it's if it's Thanksgiving week, yeah. It yeah, would, it would be. it's going to be a problem. So, I mean, if we can make it happen, we can make it happen. But Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Uh, we got a couple more questions here to, to get to, actually, before we wrap this up. Uh, Tim says, we know the Clay Helton pain points, third and long defense, red zone scoring, etc., any guess what the recurring first year growing pains issues could be this year? Uh, Caleb Williams not uh, running the zone read super well um, was was a complaint. Um, I think that I think it could be protection off the edge. I think getting beat over the top, like or or big plays, I think will on still defense? be an yeah. issue on defense just because of the nature of Alex Grinch's defense. Um, I hope to God red zone scoring isn't an issue because <laughs> why hire Lincoln Riley if you're going to screw up in the red zone? So, yeah, you know. Yeah, I I, I would think it's probably going to be something defense related for yeah. sure. Uh, next one comes from KCAT. You said no home games this year. Are you planning to do any away games with rock meetups? Haven't thought about it, but that's a good idea. The The only thing is, yeah, we, we just have to probably bail early so we can get back to go live with the car cast. Yeah, again, it's just it logistically, it's it that's the biggest issue is um, you know, I'm working college football Saturdays. It's not always logistically possible for me to go to a game. And uh also, you know, we just got married, just went on a honeymoon, just you know, I may be out of vacation days. So yeah. Yeah. Uh Gerardo says, is there any anything to fear? Many fans have uh, we could lose our quarterback of the future to Texas A&M. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's always a possibility. Texas A&M has a really big NIL arm, and they are very persuasive, clearly based on the recruiting uh, class. If Malachi Nelson doesn't want to play for Lincoln Riley, then that's on him as far as I'm concerned. And I, I don't think that's the issue. I mean, he committed to uh, committed Oklahoma, right? And then yeah. flipped to SC when Lincoln Riley joined. Yeah, I, I don't think... Lincoln Riley is going to be the issue there. So I I think if you're SE, Lincoln Riley has absolutely showed that he can um, uh, recruit quarterbacks and he showed that he can develop quarterbacks. So there's no need to worry. Um, Have, have faith in the process. I would say. Yeah. Uh, Because even if it's, even if it's not Malachi Nelson, it'll be somebody else. Lincoln Riley has always gotten a quarterback. That much is clear. Yeah. And if there's anything like, and even if that's the case and that it's not, you know, uh, another five-star, there's no coach in college football history that has 
brought in quarterback transfers as good as With Lincoln Riley. Success. Yeah. So there will always be an answer for Lincoln yeah. Riley at quarterback. Uh, I, I have to believe. Uh, all right. Last question comes from John Sachs, who says, "How's married life?" It's good. We're 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 hanging out, living living life. We got a dog, which was my big. After we get married, we're getting a dog thing. Yeah. So that we we followed through on that. I, I wish we could bring Jesse out here. I I know one one of these days we'll get her well trained enough to like sit quietly in the background while we like. I was just today I was just thinking like because I took her to the park this morning and she's super super tired, and while I was working she was just sort of curled up and sleeping and I was like. We need to like get her to a point where we can just have her curl up right behind and you guys can just look at her cuteness. Uh and uh yeah, I don't know if we've mentioned Jessie is a is a border collie. She's beautiful. She's got these bright sort of white blue eyes. Uh yeah, she's beautiful. Um, yeah. I love her. She is the best. And yeah, Mary Life is awesome. Uh the the best part about it, it feels like everything before did. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. The best part is it doesn't feel that like, different it, because it feels the same. We were we are we had a good relationship before getting married. We have a good relationship now. Uh not much has changed in, in you know, we were already it, living together and everything. It's so. more like, yeah, we are married, huh? Yeah, we yeah, are married, right. huh? I have I have gotten used to saying my husband, which is exciting. I, I still have a it, it's you, weird to me. The, to my say, wife. No, I don't have a, an issue. It's just like I have to like force myself. Yeah, it sounds it sounds weird. Have you have you gotten over the ring yet? Because I know that yes, I didn't yeah. wear rings before you proposed, and then so I had to put the engagement ring on, and it was like the weirdest thing for a long time. For, and now I don't even notice it. For the first month and a half, I was fidgeting with yeah, it, like, it's it's weird at first, and but, now it's just like no, oh, it's, it's all good now. Yeah. yeah, cool, cool. Well, we will be back next week. Thanks for the questions, as always. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us for those of you who are here on YouTube. Uh, and if you're on YouTube, this is a reminder, like the stream and be sure to subscribe to us. Meet us back here uh, next week. We'll be back uh, Tuesday night, special night, Tuesday night, 5 p.m. Pacific for uh, next week's episode. Uh, and if you're listening on the regular podcast channels, we'll be there as always, just per usual. So uh, until then, we'll see you. See you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.